Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host Dana, or the DHKs I'm known, and two films up for review this week. First up is What Happened? Brittany Murphy, which is a documentary, or technically it's a docuseries, and the other one is Bergman Island. First up is a docu-series called What Happened, Brittany Murphy. It premiered on HBO Max, and I don't know why it's a docu-series. It's just a documentary that has been weirdly broken up into two episodes. I think they did it because there's a, quote, cliffhanger moment at the end of episode one, and they wanted to make you hit watch next episode in order to extend the suspense, which is a BS move. So I realize that I am contributing to the problem in some senses by talking about What Happened, Brittany Murphy, but I do want to talk about it because we've gotten so many of these docutainment moments recently, a lot of them revolving around tragic stories of starlets. Britney Spears has been the subject of countless ones at this point so far, and if you don't remember who Britney Murphy is, she was an actress. She unfortunately passed away in 2009 at the age of 32, so very young. She starred in Clueless, which is, I truly think, one of the greatest films of all time to this day. She was Taj. She's, you know, she had a, a glowing career going. She was in 8 Mile with Eminem, and then she was taken at a very young age, and of course, absolute tabloid fodder. And I think the thing about this documentary is that it feels like it focuses more on the tabloid and tabloid seller side of the story than providing anything of fact or interest or import or anything to extend the conversation. I suppose you could consider it a documentary in the sense that it documents what happened to her, but the subjective nature of it just feels really icky and story-mongering and like they're capitalizing on this tragic event and I don't know what the documentarian's perspective is. I don't know what story they're trying to convey. I feel like they're just trying to stir things up because these types of stories are in vogue right now. The documentary features a lot of YouTuber clips of these. I, I've seen them before, but I don't, I'm not super familiar, but there's absolutely a subgenre of true crime storytellers who do makeup tutorials or put on makeup while they talk about these things. And the fact that this documentary relies so heavily on a few of these YouTubers to tell a story and make it seem like there's more intrigue to the story than there is, I think is a very telling sign of the sort of lack of integrity surrounding the production of this. It's also, I think one of the strangest things to me is one of the executive producers of it is Jason Bloom, who is probably known best for Bloomhouse, who do all those horror movies and I'm just like, what are you doing in this space? But he's also talked extensively about diversifying his financial portfolios. And that's what this feels like to me. It feels like a money bid to be like, let's get in on these sad stories about people, especially women who have passed too soon and all this stuff. But you have to tell an actual story, even if it's supposed to be a more objective documentary. There has to be a story there. This is just sort of speculative and pointing fingers. And it almost feels dangerous in some ways. But at the same time, it's talking about people who've passed. And I just... It wasn't good. It didn't leave me feeling good or enlightened or that I even had a better understanding of who Brittany Murphy was as a person. I think one of the things that set my radar off a great deal was they have this person called Perez Hilton, who, if you aren't familiar, was an internet blogger and was known for being just super mean in it. He was a, he it probably still is, I don't know, but I don't know him personally, but, and I was totally guilty of reading his site back in the day, but he would write these terrible things on people's images and like white scrawly sort of like written in a mouse pen and it it was just mean and he absolutely picked on Brittany Murphy. I mean, he's not the only one who picked on Brittany Murphy, but to feature him in the documentary and then, you know, it's tiny spoiler, but he tries to apologize for his part in it. But I'm like, it's too little too late, bro. Like, who are you apologizing to? This is, this more feels like a vehicle for you to feel better about yourself. And why is the documentarian giving you that opportunity? This is not your story. This is supposed to be her story. I think, I don't know, because there's not a clear enough perspective on this thing. So, 
I get the sense that a lot of people are going to watch it anyway because that is just what we are built to ingest this type of content. We have been trained. It is tantalizing. It is right there in front of you. But I would also say it's not that compelling. I didn't get that much out of it. So if you're on the fence about it, I'm actually going to say maybe stay away from it. Maybe like let's try and break ourselves of these habits. But if you were just, you can't help yourself, I'm not going to judge you for it because I watched it too, right? Because I was going to review it. But anyway, I personally am only going to give it two and a half out of five. And that's both because of the way it is made and the fact that it leaves at the end, it leaves you feeling very like, this is what I want. All of this for that resolution? No, thank you. So two and a half out of five for what happened, Brittany Murphy. I'm going to take a quick break and be right back. And I'm back. And then the other film I have is called Bergman Island. And this one is very inside baseball. I didn't even put two and two together that Bergman referred to Ingmar Bergman when I saw it. I just thought, I don't even know what I thought this movie was going to be. But I did see it had a cast who I was a fan of. It has Vicky Kripes from Phantom Thread, Tim Roth, Mia Vasikowska. And so I was like, all right, I'll give this a try. Like, why not? It seems, I don't, I don't know. The poster feels very misleading in it. But what it turns out it is about is it's about a couple of filmmakers who go to... Follow Island, I'm pronouncing it wrong, I'm sure, but it is in Sweden and it is mostly known as the place where director Ingmar Bergman made his home and shot a lot of his films. And if you aren't familiar with Ingmar Bergman, I don't know if you're going to give a damn about this movie. And that was my big problem. It's not that I'm not familiar with Ingmar Bergman, but I don't idolize him the way I think a lot of film people do. And he, if you aren't aware, he was a prolific director. He directed 60 plus things and a lot. He's, you know, he's considered one of the greatest directors of all time, especially by some of the old school people. Apparently, and I found more of this out through the film, actually, than just research in general. He didn't have the greatest personal life. It was kind of a jerk bad. He had nine kids who he, it sounds like he was not a good dad to. And I think maybe right now in this moment in time, the thing of his that you might be most familiar with is Scenes from a Marriage, which is currently or just wrapped up being remade or interpreted on HBO Max with Jessica Chastain and Oscar Isaac. So it's kind of in the zeitgeist a little bit right now. The thing about Bergman Island is that it so idolizes Ingmar Bergman and you, it, you, it just feels like you need to inherently have that affection for his body of work. I won't even say him, but his body of work or a knowledge about it going in. Otherwise, the first I don't know, 40 minutes of the film really are kind of dull. And so as someone who was on the sort of the cusp of that, who's familiar with him and understands his impact, but might not personally be the most invested in his body of work, I was sitting there watching, I was like, this is a film for film nerds. Is this going to appeal to anybody outside of that group of people? And then about, about halfway through the film, it sort of, it shifts perspectives. And I hope this isn't a huge spoiler, but what it starts to do is because the two main leads are filmmakers, one of them starts to tell the story of, what the film they are going to make is and then we get to sort of see the film that they are going to make and I was like I'm much more invested in the film within the film and I don't really care that much about the large the original film that's happening so it's just, it's very bizarre in that sense I think the performances are fine to me I was like yeah these are pretty accurate to certain people who I've met in the film community but again is this going to translate outside of that community I, I don't know I don't think I would necessarily recommend this to people who are not in some sort of group where they understand when someone is fanatically obsessed with something. And that doesn't mean it has to be film, right? It could be like, oh, hey, this person is a musician and they are obsessed with this one band and you understand that level of passion and admiration and that type of thing. But you have to have that base level in order, I think, to appreciate this film in any way, shape or form. It's well shot. I, I think it's fine acted. I just, I, I don't know because of the structure if it is interested even in approaching a broader audience. And that might be fine. Not every film is for every person. So just be aware of all that. And I personally am going to give this three out of five. 
That has been it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, we would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review or even consider subscribing.